and ghouls welcome to episode 46 of dads from the crypt the tales from the crypt podcast my name is jason i'm joined by jody hello and mondo hello and we have our first three-time returning guest welcome back galen howard how are you hey guys thank you for having me back oh i'm i'm the i'm the first i'm the first three-timer so far, yeah. The first three. Oh yeah. wow, making making history. That's amazing. Hey, you're like the Chicago Bulls from the '90s, with it. Ex- just exactly. That's yes. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 yeah the, the the metaphor the, the or the, the the simile goes goes on in it, it you know indefinitely. Yeah, no, no need to break it down. No, 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 no. Uh, so again, what you been working on? Anything you want to share? Um. Uh, yeah. You know. Um. It, it, um, well, yeah, of course, uh, of course, um, um, you know, uh, you know, people still, um, you know, fans will still, um, um, I'm, I'm sure fans are still discovering the, um, uh, um, uh, Book of Boba Fett, which, which of course I'm, I, mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm still in Book of Boba Fett. They haven't cut me out yet, but, um, <laughs> um, and, um. Uh, let's see. I think most, um, but most recently, I was um, um, I uh, did a, a music video for uh, for the band uh, Panic at the Disco. Their latest, uh, their latest song, "Viva Las Vengeance," which is the Ooh. also the title track of their upcoming album um, coming out. So yeah, I have a I have a fun part in that. It's a very fun visually um, visu- visually pleasing video. It's the, the director kind of took. Um, um, uh, it, it took influence from the an inspiration from the the Japanese horror film House. So oh, it has that wow. kind of vibe to it. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, there's yeah fans of that movie will note um, will note a few particular references. So yeah, that's really fun. Um, that was a lot of fun to do. So yeah, so that's the most recent thing. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I love how that awesome. movie's had like just a very slow resurgence for the last like ten years. I think since 100%. I've seen it, since I first like really was aware of it yeah 100 percent. yeah i mean that uh, yeah that director is um yeah very um yeah takes a lot of he, he's done a lot of great videos for you know a lot of a lot of a lot you know he's he, he his name's brendan walter and he has a he has a reputation now of basically doing like uh, uh, doing videos for bands that for all the bands that we heard in high school so he's worked <laughs> with uh you know <laughs> Green Day and Weezer and Train oh, and cool. um, and now Panic at the Disco. I think he's done work with Fallout Boy. So it's yeah, he's um, it, yeah. It, so he has that reputation, but then he brings some great visual flourishes to stuff, and uh, you know takes a lot of interest, a lot of um, 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 you know, a lot of uh, a lot of influence from you know from horror films. You know, he did a. Um, I think one of his favorite films is uh, Wicker Man, so he did like his wow. own folk horror film uh, feature as well. So yeah, it's a very cool guy. Nice. Yeah. Have you guys been watching the Kenobi show? I, I have. have. Yeah, I haven't yet. 
I've uh, yeah, I've I I shamefully am behind, but yeah, I've, <laughs> I've, been, hearing, right. I've been hearing great things. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's really good. Really, really is. is. <laughs> I was like yeah. really just neutral on it, and okay. I, like I saw that first the two episodes came out at once. I'm like, okay, I'll watch two, and I was like, I'm in. And then the next one, the the third one, I'm like, oh, this is this is really good. Okay, okay let's, let's spoil, spoil it. it. So, so an episode. Uh, so, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Yeah. Um, no, props to the marketing for the restraints on these. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Galen, you posted something cool on Instagram that you that someone took a picture of someone cosplaying as your Book of Boba Fett uh, character. Yes. Oh, really? At, uh, <laughs> at, at Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, there's a gentleman from from Australia who um, who had shown up. And, um, yeah, I think um, – my friend happened to see him about uh, about five minutes after he got into his his outfit, and um, you know, of course, you know, n- you know, freaked out right away because, of course, you know, he's he, he had uh, you know, uh, you know, he had gotten really excited when I was on the show. So yeah, so he took a selfie right away, and wow. yeah, and then I think he the guy the the guy himself reached out to me on on Facebook and you know sent me some other pictures and had a little exchange. Lovely guy, but That's it was, so cool. yeah, I was you know I. I I yeah you know, I just said you know thank you for the for the bragging rights you know. You know? I was about yeah. to say is that getting cosplayed as and getting an action figure are those kind of like the two highlights There's of being kinda, in Star yeah, Wars? Those are kind of hand in hand, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> you know, in, you know, until I get my own, um, um, until I get my own pop vinyl, you know, this will this <laughs> definitely a feather in the in the cap, you know. So is that yeah? We need to rank that. So like, there's someone doing cosplay, then someone getting your own action figure, then your own pop vinyl. Yeah, all uh, yeah, all that stuff down the yeah at, down at the line. At yeah. some point in there is like erotic fan fiction somewhere in there too, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, um, yeah. Or the or 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 or, or being in the you know the, the Star Wars porn parody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I yeah I yeah I don't th- I yeah. I, I, I hope they don't. I hope they leave Book of Boba Fett alone. I'm not even going to imagine <laughs> what that would. I'm not going to think about what the what, what the title would be. I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. So, yeah. Mond, Mond, I can tell by Mondo's face he just thought of three titles. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things. I, I was about to say I guarantee after whatever just heard that line, they're scribbling down ideas now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the, the ebook. Yep, you're welcome. The you're ebook welcome. of Boba Fett. The comic book of Boba Fett. Yeah. I mean, Jason's buddies with Al Katz. Maybe he, you know, wants to take a little detour in his well, filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, but that's another thing. Yeah, if they, if if they, if they ever, do, if if they ever do any um, any comic book adaptations, mm-hmm. if I was, if that was, if, yeah, cool. if any of the characters get, yeah, um, get explored in the comic book version, that would be amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, welcome back. Um, yeah. Yeah. Under our business umbrella, I just want to uh, just briefly mention that I went to uh, Monster Palooza, the uh, big Southern California horror convention, and I had a great time. I'm really exhausted and nearly broke, but um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, you, you were there. You were there solely as a patron. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, I was. I was only going to go on Sunday, but my our friend Doctor Natalie, who was on our Demon Night episode, had an extra ticket at the last second. To go to the Tim Curry photo shoot, they had like get to get like appointments basically. Oh wow! Um, so I was like, hell yeah! Um, yeah. Oh, that's that, cool. So that was just a huge honor to be able to go to that, and you know, thank you to everyone that's liked it because it's our by far our most 
likes Instagram posts. I think it's like up to 300 oh, likes wow. earlier today. That's amazing. And that's, um, well, that's, I didn't, I didn't know that he was still, he was still able to make appearances. That's incredible. Yeah, no, it's really cool. Yeah, he has done well in a very long time. So I think right. the, the people were just like really chomping at the bit. Yeah, to, wow. um, get wow. that. So, yeah, God bless him. That's amazing. Yeah, he's. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know his health's been pretty bad in, in recent years. It's, so it's he's really cool. Str- to see he's, him he, out there. He's been through. He's been through so much. I yeah, he imagine. was. He was seemed to be doing pretty good when we saw him. So oh, that's that's wonderful. awesome. Yeah, that was really heartening oh, to that's see. So, that's so that's so great. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I wasn't there for long on Saturday. I went Sunday. Was the day I bought my actual ticket for, and they had um, a Demon Knight panel. With Todd Masters, Billy oh, Zane, and Ernest Dickerson, and Charlie Fleischer. Uh-huh. Um, so I got the early, I, I sat front row, I asked some questions. And then, yeah, you very know, cool. Al uh, asked Todd to uh, say hi to me. So, oh, they played our show a couple times in their, um, when they're talking about it. Oh, that's cool. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah, so, so it was cool. really cool. Um, oh, that's so I was great. like, yeah, I was, I was the patron, but, you know, we also got some shout outs. Also, I, I did uh, hand out a ton of stickers. Great. Um, nice. And afterwards, you know, I went and got Todd, uh, took a picture with Todd, got him to sign. I have a Demon Knight, um, like, sleeve from the Blu-ray that I've been getting people to sign. So I got William Sadler and Billy Zane. They they had already signed it, so I got Todd. And then, actually, Ernest stuck around for a few minutes and and did a couple signings just for fun. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Um, So it was really cool to meet Ernest Stickerson. That was really, really cool. What, Charles uh, what, Fleischer was really funny. <laughs> he's a very funny guy. Yeah, yeah. very dark sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very weird and dark sense of humor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, What questions did you ask? Um, so what What was kind of cool is that Todd brought kind of a PowerPoint slideshow uh, with pictures from production that had been really been seen before. Cool. And one of the things I always wondered about, and he actually had a picture of this, was is there is that at some point they had Jada Pinkett in demon makeup, as in she got possessed. And one of the things that I've always wondered is like obviously that's not in the final film. So what was right. that in reference to? And um, what Ernest said was that there's the scene where uh, William Sadler Breaker is being like ripped apart. He's just kind of like laying there naked, and then you know the demons are like putting their hands inside of him. One of those demons that's, was going to turn his death out. Scene? You mean his, in his death scene? Or no, there's a scene where the collector is trying to tempt um, Jada Pinkett's character. Right. And he pulls yeah, yeah. down the sheet, and then it's William Sadler's body. I also showed the picture of William Sadler mostly naked with like oh. these prosthetic guys <laughs> trying sure. to do him up. It was pretty funny. Anyways, at some point, she was going to, like, one of those demons was going to turn out to be her, and she was going to turn around and have demon face or whatever. Interesting. Uh, but they cut that out. Uh-huh. So I got to ask that. I also got the second question where I asked about, you know, how many people would be interested in the sequel, which, you know, everyone clapped for. And I asked the, <laughs> the makers. If they'd be interested, they all said they'd love to, but with the rights and everything, they probably won't those, be able to. Yeah, share. The, the, I mean, anything Tales from the Crypt related, it's those, it's it's those goddamn rights. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I also was able to get a autograph from Shawnee Smith on my The Blob. Ooh, that's cool. That's cool. Nice. That's, yeah, I'm really. That's another one that like The Blob's one of my favorite movies. It's like oh, one of the first yeah, yeah. horror movies I saw as a kid. Oh, I will, um, I will officially be at Blobfest um, this year. That's probably, awesome. probably at least Friday and Saturday. So if anybody sees me, I probably will. Jason, send me some stickers. I'll hand some stickers out. Okay. Um, uh, so if you see me uh, and you do not stroke my beard and stand like six feet from me because I'm kind of an introvert and just wave, um, I'll hand you a sticker from afar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you, if, you, if you actually listen to this and see me there, uh, please come say hi. Like, um, We really appreciate everybody that listens to this. But hands off the beard. 
Yeah, it depends. It's it's whatever. <laughs> like if I got if I have a few beers in me, like who knows? <laughs> do a sobriety test and then approach exactly. cautiously. Yeah, but, yeah. But but depends wash. on when in the evening. Yeah, you know? and, yeah. And, and, it's and, after beer thirty, you know. And, and please wash your hands first for twenty yeah, for at least twenty yeah, seconds, on. please. Like come on, yeah, yeah. We, we oh, we're still also. In the come on. Um, when I was waiting in line, I got a message from someone, uh, one of our Instagram followers, said, "Hey, I just I just saw someone that danced in a crypt T-shirt." I'm like <laughs> it was me. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, unfortunately, that was on Saturday when I was only there for a little bit, so we like kept missing each other because we were in different lines for different things. Because so that's what that's what ninety percent of horror conventions are—just waiting in line, standing in line. Yeah, totally. It's like the airport, really, but hotter oh. and sweatier. Yeah. <laughs> No, I've been at the airport. It's 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 different because now at the airport you have to worry about people getting in fights over masks or you know mm-hmm. like people screaming at the kids so trying to attack uh, a worker because they were the plane was delayed. So I've never seen that at a horror fest. No, I was gonna say everyone. <laughs> say everyone it's pretty chill horror, at all. The horror fest, fest is just one big. It's one big love yeah. fest, really. Yeah, uh, you know I said this before. And I was talking to my wife that like I'm I'm part of these really weird like I guess subculture fandoms where, where it's heavy metal and 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 horror and jujitsu and like but the nicest people I've met in the world are like horror fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, with their just the greatest people and um i i can you know there's metalheads out there that are tons of white supremacists and jackasses in the metal scene not in the horror horror everyone's just like super cool so yeah uh, i, I yeah, love horror fans. I would say, uh, yeah i would say so in my experience all right well let's get into our episode tonight we're gonna be talking what's cooking which premiered on july 22nd 1992 jodas hit us with a plot synopsis did you just call him jodas that's what I heard too. <laughs> Dude, I was like, my mouth is. I'm, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I'm still like really parched from all the conventioning. So for, for Hall- I might have some slip ups for Halloween. You can I'd go- say that's a Freudian slip, but I'm not even sure. <laughs> yeah. For for, ho- for Halloween, you can create a new character called Jodas Iscaria. Jodas, yeah. <laughs> That'll be my uh, next next playthrough of Elden Ring. That'll be my character name. There you go. <laughs> All right, so we open on the Crypt Keeper in a tux, seemingly open up a bottle of wine with a corkscrew, but instead he's plucking out someone's eye. And I tried really hard to figure out whose eye that was to see if it was somebody like by name, but I, I couldn't find that. So, but anyway, uh, when we get into our story, we meet Fred, who is a chef cooking squid and reading from the recipe book Squid, Squid, and more squid. This is really gross chopping sequence of just squid getting chopped up i like squid but i don't want i don't want to see it made it's nasty uh his wife irma comes in and raises a cleaver to pretend to chop off his head because they run a restaurant called fred and irma's that serves only squid and irma thinks it's a stupid plan because it is (laughs) um their janitor gaston who i'm going to Really struggle not to call Gaston. No, you um, should. I mean, it's Gaston. <laughs> I'm thinking that Gaston. You say it's Gaston. Yeah. Gaston agrees that they should diversify their menu. He's a drifter, and he says he has a recipe for barbecue. And then a cop named Phil walks into the restaurant and just gets a cup of coffee because he can't stomach another squid sandwich. So we get kind of all of our characters out there in this first scene. Because there's only one restaurant in whatever town this is. I was like, yeah, if you're just going for a cup of coffee, why are you going to the squid place? Why? That yeah. place has to stink. Like, it has to smell just horrendous all the time. Of, of squid, yeah. 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 Squid coffee. Squid ink coffee. Ooh, squid ink <laughs> coffee. Ay, ay, ay. Just put a little squirt in there. Yeah. All right. Later, Irma brings Gaston a plate of squid. He's hanging around with other drifters. And he hits on her and says that she should leave Fred and go with him. And then he offers to walk her home. 
and she shows him the gun in her purse. So he kind of backs off and she says she'll be fine. And then we get this great gag. The uh, neon sign for the restaurant has a bunch of letters burned out on it. And so Fred and Irma's uh, is missing a bunch of letters. And so it just reads enemas uh, really big. <laughs> that was great. Uh, that's was great. A little, little visual. I just feel like oh. we'll, we'll, we'll get into the talent here in a minute. But this was written by Al and uh, directed by Gil. And I just feel like they had some fun yeah. throwing a few little gags in there. I, I just love They're having fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I just well, love, they're having fun throughout. This is mm, great. Yeah. yeah. Whenever I'm in any town, I love when I see signs that just have like half the the neon oh, yeah. burnt out, and they have oh, yeah. a funny word. Like it's it's a little joy in my life. Yeah. So Fred's in there uh, with that burned out sign. He's cutting up some squid when a man named Chumley walks in. Fred owes him three months' rent, and he's behind. He says he needs a little more time, and Chumley says he will be back tomorrow to evict them. He calls Fred a lousy cook on his way out the door and Fred attacks him with a knife and accidentally cuts his hand and they're yelling at each other outside the restaurant while Gaston watches. Fred gets home and Irma's in a kind of perky mood and wearing perfume. That never really goes anywhere. I don't know if it's because she got hit on. and That's kind of what I good. figured. Yeah. yeah. It's like kind of like an I still got it moment. But even though yeah. you're being hit on by a guy who is from the, the get-go a creep. Yeah, he's kind of creepy. But yeah. she's in a good mood and... But Fred's not. He tells her Chumley came by, and then he asks if they can use the last little bit of credits she has to buy a bunch of pork, and she gets <laughs> kind of frustrated, and they argue. But she says, you know what? I'm here for the long haul. I'm going to stick with you. Uh, they said in sickness and in health, rich or poor. All right. We're, so, we're still in it. So let's be honest. Like When he came home, he should have just taken care of business first. Talk about the pork later. <laughs> <laughs> she was in a really good mood. He missed an opportunity for sure. Handle the verb of porking first and worry about the noun of pork later. <laughs> he, he, he missed the, he missed the Fred, Fred, Fred kind of wears his heart on his sleeve. We'll see throughout this episode. Yeah, yeah. poor Fred. At the restaurant, Gaston is cleaning the next morning when Fred and Irma arrive. And he just says, don't worry about cleaning. We're going to be closed soon. Our landlord's coming to evict us. Phil comes in and wants some breakfast and Irma looks to see what they have in the fridge and they find, she finds all these steaks in there. Hmm. And that's when Gaston pot pipes up and says, you know, I, you know, I mentioned the barbecue the other day. I just wanted to give it a shot. I found a good deal. And uh, so I brought these steaks in. It's a specially cured secret old family recipe. And uh, while they're cooking the steak, Phil said they found Chumley's car in an alley nearby with blood all over it, but there was nobody and he never made it home. And as the steak is cooking, more and more people, they can smell it as they walk by. They start coming in and ordering the same thing. And uh, Gaston's kind of like wiping his face with a handkerchief. And Fred notices and pulls him aside. That was Chumley's handkerchief. And Gaston said Chumley gave it to him. And Fred accuses him of lying. But then everyone's saying that the steak is really incredible. More people come in and order the steak and... So uh, Fred apologizes because they're actually doing good business. And uh, Chumley says, or uh, Fred said, I've got, uh, or uh, get my names right. Gaston says, there's more in the freezer. Let me run back and get some for you. And he gets Fred to hold open the door and opens the freezer. And we see Chumley hanging dead on a hook in the freezer with a big old chunk out of his back. And Gaston goes in there with the cleaver, chops out another big chunk, starts cutting it into steaks while Fred just kind of, like, leans up against the wall in horror the whole time. Uh, I love that Gaston was basically like, yeah, Fred's cool. We'll see what happens. I'm just going to show him the, the <laughs> yeah, dead body. Yeah, it was super casual. 
<laughs> Super casual, no warning. Yeah. yeah. Didn't try to hide it. I was like, yeah, well, fuck it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So the restaurant's packed with people enjoying the steak, including Irma, who says the steak's really good. It was their best day ever. Irma calls Gaston a genius, and uh, she goes to get some more steaks out of the freezer, but Fred stops her, and uh, he goes to the freezer instead, and Gaston follows, said they need to talk. Fred says he'll go to the cops, but Gaston says, you're the one who's going to look suspicious. You had a fight with him. He's your landlord. You cut him with a knife. Um, So you're not going to call anybody. We're going to split this 50-50, and I'll continue to supply the meat. You continue to cook it. And so later we see that there's a line down the sidewalk for the restaurant now titled Gaston, Fred, and Irma's Steakhouse. Again, uh, the because restaurant only, Because there's only one restaurant in this town. Yeah, the only place. Uh, it, it, the it, restaurant, uh, how many restaurants are in your town? Uh, there's, there's more than that. Okay. <laughs> I, I also had probably a, 10. Yeah. probably 10 <laughs> restaurants in town. No, I, I also had a question of like what the timeline is because, you know, they're – um, for however long that they're able to, they're they're supposedly this entire time just using Chumley's body, and you know in that time they do a a complete remo- interior remodel. They, well, I think they must be getting more bodies because that first night when he does the fifty fifty split, Chumley's pretty pit clean. So they yeah, have to be so I'm, new yeah. I guess there. the question is then, like, if that's the case, where are the other bodies coming from? Who are they picking yeah. off? Well, I, well, I guess he's because he's a drifter. He is a drifter, so probably drifters. just picking off other drifters. Okay, I just googled how many steaks can you get from a human body. Oh, and and uh, I'm on the list now. now. Yeah, I didn't think this through. Um, there is a <laughs> there is a Quora answer for this, and um, that's. Creepy. Uh, well, yeah. well, have you ever been on Quora? Quora yeah. is kind of creepy. But I could say somebody you can tested get this. Weird. Yeah, somebody you can tested this out. That's why they were answering on Quora. Yeah, when I click on it though, it's not giving me a good answer. So um, you're yeah, but and yes, you are you are on a list now. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> everyone's enjoying this food. The restaurant critic for the Daily Bugle ordered seconds. That's the the Spider Man uh, newspaper. Um, <laughs> that was just cute. just another little joke in there. Yeah. Gaston says, they're, or Gaston, damn it. Gaston says they're going to be fif- filthy rich. Uh, Fred tries a bite and realizes that it really is as good as everyone else says, and uh, they're really going to make a ton of money off of it. Uh, real fast, I have an answer. About 75 pounds of edible meat on your average human. All right. All right. Kidoki. So six-ounce steaks, right? If, you know. Yeah. They okay. go for a so, while. Yeah, so you get about two. So... He was he was pretty, pretty states, he was picked yeah. pretty clean at the end of the first day. At the end so, of the first I mean, day, they were yeah. doing good. Yeah, and I did yeah. notice that they left his ribs there. Like that's fucking good meat. Like you sell some <laughs> ribs, right? Like come on. Yeah. That may be something somebody would notice somewhere. Hey, the ribs, but anyway, first of all, if you ever had really great ribs, I don't think you're ever questioning where where that animal came from. So, <laughs> what animal is this? I don't know. Something with yeah. ribs. Uh, so Phil, the police officer, comes in and orders the usual. It's another steak and. Uh, he says they got a lead on Chumley, and Fred kind of freezes up. They bum, found bum, the metal bum. in the blood sample from a knife that isn't made anymore, and they're going to check with the company who makes the knife to see who they sold it to to ID the killer soon. Uh, at that that night, after counting the money, Irma goes to talk to Fred. It's their they made like eight thousand bucks that day. Uh, she goes to talk to Fred, and Gaston sneaks her gun out of her purse uh, while she's gone. Irma gets frustrated that Fred isn't more excited. They've had like their best day. He's succeeding at being a restaurant uh, owner. It's all, everything he's ever wanted. Yeah. Um, so she leaves. And then Gaston says, well, maybe we need to put Phil on the menu. 
at home, Irma walks in and Gaston like stops the door from closing and follows her into her house, which is real creep behavior. Uh, he says he's worried about Fred. So she lets him in. He says, Fred's been acting strange because he's feeling guilty. Fred was the one who came up with the idea for the barbecue and Fred has been killing people. And then he tells her that Fred took her gun to kill himself. And he says, call the police. I'm going to go to the restaurant to stop him. So Gaston walks through the dark restaurant looking for Fred, who tries to sneak up on him and hit him with a frying pan. They scuffle a little bit, and then Gaston puts the gun in Fred's mouth. And before he can fire, he hears the door chime jingle. Gaston says he's going to stage this all as a murder-suicide. He's going to kill Irma and then make it look like Fred killed himself. And so Irma walks up. She picks up a cleaver, and Gaston fires the gun at her. But the gun's empty. And when that happens, Fred grabs him and kind of pins him down. And Irma explains that Fred knows that she never has bullets in her gun. So the whole, he's going to kill himself with my gun, that's not going to happen. He knows better. She got suspicious. She called Fred and warned him, and that's why he was prepared for Gaston. At that time, uh, Phil, the police officer, walks in. And Gaston's like, I found the killers. It's these two. They're holding me here. They've got a cleaver in their hand. But Phil doesn't arrest them. He says he's developed a taste (laughs) and being a part of this business that they've got running here will help him retire early. And then they take Gaston and press his face down on the hot grill as he screams. And then outside the the neon sign uh, that says Gaston, Fred and Irma's Steakhouse, Gaston's name burns out, leaving just Fred and Irma's Steakhouse behind. Soon to be Phil. Soon to be Phil. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, Joey. Phil, Fred, and Irma. Yeah. All right, Galen, you're our guest. So, what'd you think of this episode? I have to say, this is, uh, as you know, I'm a longtime uh, uh, crypt fanatic. And um, I think I've probably, I've seen all of the episodes multiple times, and I've probably seen this episode the most. I think this is one of my kind of comfort food episodes. <laughs> um, I just, it's just one of those that, that it has. It has such a the pacing is so is, is so is, is so brisk the um, the tone of it, it it has it has such kind of a um, a very jovial gregarious tone to it that's you know I mean a lot of the episodes get very grim and um, you know all, it's always still tongue in cheek but this one is uh, you know there's such a brightness in the in the tone to it it's such a fun episode and. Um, you know, I mean, and I think it's it, it it speaks so much to the you know the direction, the presentation, and you know because the you know the story is you know one we, is at this point something fairly familiar. It's uh, you know something we've seen you know on film in one way or another. You know, eating raw wool, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you know the 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 characters are so are, are so well developed. Um, the you know, the the performances are. Are, are excellent um and you just you you feel for all of these characters you know and in a 
in a way that you sometimes don't get the opportunity to in some of the other episodes. I think you really get time to spend with these characters in a way. And, you know, there's some of those early scenes almost feel like a hangout movie where it's just, you're just, mm. you're just really getting to know these characters. And it's, it's so much of it is not necessarily what they say, but just, you know, the, the performances are just, you know, are just so incredible. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, again, the, um, you know, they they rely on some, you know, some kind of fairy tale logic and that sort of thing at times. But, it, you know, as far as how quickly the the you know, the restaurant gains popularity. But it's like, yeah, you forgive all of that because it's just it's so bright. It's so fun. It's just it, it's it's probably one of my one of my top favorite episodes. Nice. Uh, Mondo, what do you think? Uh, I love this episode, too. Um, uh, I think one thing that, and, and Gil Adler and um, Al Katz talked about it on one of their one of their episodes, about how, uh, I, like about, I think they talked about it in the episode or the interview about Yellow, about how like they're really big on the development of characters, and you have to have great characters mm-hmm. you can sink your teeth into. And, and this is a classic example of that, to where I was into so every character in this episode. Even the mm-hmm. cop. Who's kind mm-hmm. of like the bit player? Yeah. Um, I, I was into um, even Meatloaf. I think uh, uh, rest in peace, Meatloaf. Uh, does a great job. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, Art Lafleur also. We, we yeah. lost him last year too. Oh, we did. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't even know that. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Art Lafleur, what a great character actor. Because he popped up on the screen. I'm like, what do I know him in? I pulled. I, know. The, yeah. I pulled the IMDb. I'm like, oh shit, I know him from everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's everything. One of those, yeah, he's the he's the police captain in Cobra. The of course most people, a lot of people know him as Babe Ruth in the Sandlot. Yes. You know, yeah. Just uh, yeah. Yeah, terrific character actor. Just great. And I really think they do a great job with letting these actors just go out there and ham it up and be campy. And um, it's kind of a, a different role for Christopher Reeve, who really wasn't known for doing that kind of role. And he, he while he does play it kind of straight, he has those moments like when he when he runs a meatloaf and why he has a knife, I don't know, and stabs and cuts his hand with a knife. But He, he was cutting his squid. He's yeah, yeah. Cutting his squid. He was able to play that up all really well. So they got some really great performances out of the... Um, out of the cast and and um, but overall, like I I think this is a top tier Tales of the Crypt episode, and we're just kind of rolling along here in season four with these just mm-hmm. uh, kind of really fun episodes. Uh, I a, do, yeah, this is a peak season. I think it's just yeah, the, just one after another, and this is and this one is just so is is right up there. Uh, I do like uh, too because you have um, Fred and Irma who are kind of the protagonists, even though yeah, maybe by the end. Who knows? And you have Gaston, mm-hmm. the obvious uh, antagonist. And, and I'm going to go to one of my pro wrestling analogies. Uh, the reason why a, a baby face in pro wrestling works is because he's smarter than the bad guys. And I really like how they play that here where Gaston has this whole plan in his head of how he's going to kind of weasel his way I- into kind of taking over everything. But the good guys have him outsmarted already and know what he's going to do and outsmart him in the end. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think you you bring up a great point. Yeah, that I was that I had noted as well is that this is one of the handful of episodes that um, it, that um, you know, where the where the um, where you know we're we're actively rooting for the protagonists and they actually they they meet a you know they the protagonists have, have a positive outcome at the yeah. end. Yeah, you know, that's they're not just there to serve as kind of you know, the car you know kind of. You know, you know, leveling the karmic balance. Right. They're, you know, you know, you know, we're we're actively on their side. Because a lot of times the protagonists end up with a grisly end, and then the antagonist gets theirs at the end. This is where right. the the protagonist led directly to the antagonist's um, yeah. 
Yeah, well, we or often with we often have like an anti-hero, yeah. someone who mm-hmm. someone who is clearly from the beginning corrupt, and and you know, and this is one of those episodes, you know, one of the few I, I would say that you know, ha, you know, where you know the the protagonists really do have you know the best of intentions, but are caught up in a you know pr, you know re, you know really unfortunate situation. Definitely, and, and my my last uh, kind of interesting thing while I was thinking about during this was this kind of reads like a Bob's Burgers episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Bob is Fred, uh obviously uh Irma as Linda, uh Art LaFleur Phil as Teddy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then uh Judd Nelson or Gaston as Jimmy Jr. not Jimmy Judd, uh, but Jimmy Pesto. <laughs> and um <laughs> mm-hmm, what's mm-hmm. interesting is when Bob's Burgers was first conceived and they first pitched the first pilot, they were actually cannibals. Mm-hmm. They, had, oh, really? they had a horror movie slant to it where the idea was going to be. Seriously, I didn't yeah, know that. The idea that's was why there's a that's why there's a funeral home next door. Yeah. They were getting the bodies yeah. and uh, oh, making burgers out of it. And the story was they basically pitched it to pitched it, and the uh, I guess whoever Fox or they pitched it first was like, "This just sounds great. Do they have to be cannibals?" <laughs> They're <Yeah>. like, <laughs> and they originally put that in there thinking that they had to have some kind of twist in there. And right, uh, that 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 was their that was their twist. That was yeah. their pitch. Yeah, but it was that's such, so funny. Right? I didn't realize that. And the first thing I thought of was, did they watch this episode and did they get inspiration <laughs> from it? Because it would make it would make a hundred percent sense. Um, well, there 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 is an episode where a guy comes in and he offers them like a better priced meat and everything. Right. Horse meat. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's horse instead of human, but yeah, they've even played with the same storyline kind of. Yeah, and, and that's what I know. Jody's one of your favorite shows, one of my favorite shows yeah. of all time. But I just love the fact that they didn't. They're like, yeah, let's not do that angle because the writing in the show is just amazing as it is. Um, yeah. Uh, right. Eventually, I'm pretty sure we'll do a Bob's Burgers podcast, but that's a whole other <laughs> story. But uh, yeah, again, great episode. Uh, I'm a big fan of this one. All right, Jody. Yeah, no, I, I think this is another great one. There's a lot of funny little asides, like I mentioned, with uh, things that you could miss if you're not paying attention to it, like the enemas thing. Like you could just not be paying attention at all and not see it. But it, but for but if you're paying close attention, uh, there's a lot of fun little moments like that. I love all of the characters, uh, like you were saying. Um, like in a show where spouses hate and kill each other on a regular basis, it's kind of nice to see that Irma's like, you know what? Even uh, once we get to this point that we find out we're serving people for food, I'm with you. Like I, she said, I'll stick with you to the end. She does. Well, good for them. Yeah. And you know, she stands by her homicidal man. Well, and what's interesting <laughs> is like one thing I love about Bob's Burgers is Linda and Bob have this real like deep sure. husband and wife connection where they love each other to death. They have their squabbles, yeah, but they but they don't scream at each other. Um, one of my hatreds in modern sitcoms, why I can't watch them, is a husband and wife that obviously hate each other. Obviously, yeah. should be in counseling or have a divorce. Who and and even in real life, I don't like when I have when I meet somebody and the first thing they do is talk about talk shit about their spouse. I was like, yeah. why are you together? So I, I did. Uh, like I said, Joe, I love that dynamic between the two. Yeah, no, it, well, it was I think really. It's, yeah, I think it's. I think it's necessary in this kind of thing because other. Yeah, otherwise, otherwise we're not going to be on their side. Otherwise, if if they, I mean, if it's the if it was the if it was the couple that hates each other, then they then one would have killed the other. One of them would be one of them. You know, Fred would have been. You know, Fred would Fred would have been get end up getting chopped up. You know, yeah, or, or something like that. Yeah, no, I just I, I like that dynamic. As somebody who did start a business, that you know, when you start a business, you have no money. Like it's uh, you're yeah. broke for a long time, and you're in the red. Yeah. Your 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 wife or your husband or 
whoever uh, gets dragged along with you when you're going through that and they, uh, they have to, to stand with you and help you out. And so I appreciated that. I appreciated seeing like a, a good couple on uh, tales from the crypt. That was nice. Absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, I can definitely, yeah. I can definitely attest to that as a, you know, as a, as a freelance gig worker. Yeah. The majority of the time, yeah, off, very often you are in the red. So, yeah. you know, no, 100%. It's, a, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. But you know, um, uh, you know, different kind of enterprise but it, it, but but yeah it's it very unpredictable yeah but i i just i enjoyed this there's a lot of fun i like that as soon as you see the stakes in there uh because we've seen this you're like oh it's human meat they don't waste time like uh like i said they really casually introduce uh gaston just like oh yeah here's uh there's this dead man but, in the freezer yeah, but they don't they don't draw that out great, like the yeah. shock isn't oh you don't find out at the end that it's human meat and that's the shock. They, no, they we no know time. that from the beginning. They waste no time. Yeah. And um, uh, so we can have fun with it instead of uh, having to like drag that along for a shock that you know is coming. So yeah, I think the, the, the writing there is really clever. The acting's clever, good acting. I, I love Christopher Reeve. He's, he's my favorite Superman uh, throughout all the years. So I, I just love seeing all these him. characters. It's they did great to great see job. him in a part like this. Um, yeah, and, you know, for, you know, going from going from Superman, going from you know the you know, the kind of the um uh you know you know kind of uh, kind of the uh, the signature role model character you know the you know, the a character that mo that you know that that a, lot, that a whole generation grew up uh, you know kind of idolizing, looking up to, and um you know to see him take you know you know play a character like this and you know and uh, you know you know kind of you know in the kind of the horror you know play in the horror genre it's really cool yeah uh i'll hop in i like yeah i like this episode a lot something about it doesn't click with me as much as some other ones but i really enjoy i do really enjoy it mm -hmm. um directing's good again gil and al wrote it together um so yeah gil did this one and death of some salesman so he definitely yeah. can pick his episodes um, he started his directing with some uh, of Freddy's Nightmares episodes. Right. Uh, did Bordello Blood, and then did one episode of Charn before you know. If you listen to the Owls podcast, basically was paid off by Joel Silver to not direct anymore because he wanted to <laughs> as a producer. Um, yeah, Christopher Reeve again, iconic as Superman, and he did some really fun movies uh, like Death Trap and Noises Off, or some really fun yeah. ones. But yeah, yeah, it was really yeah. nice to see him play like, against type, even more. Yeah. He only has like a couple flashes here of, <laughs> of, of uh, villainy, of like you know, a little edge. It would be nice to see him edge, go more than yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, no, he, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's he's taking on some great stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, it's another another great film he did in the '80s called Streetwise with Morgan Freeman early. Oh yeah. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, where mm. yeah yeah he he where he plays a you know journalist who. Um, uh, who profiles a pimp played by Morgan Freeman and get you know gets caught up in his game? Really, really great movie. Mm. But yeah, he, um, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, yeah, always made some really interesting choices. I thought, and this is definitely one of them. Yeah. Uh, so Irma is played by Bess Armstrong, who to me is the the, the one of the leads in Jaws 3D, which uh, <laughs> I kind of have. I have a real soft soft spot for that movie. I watched it a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. 
Um, some of those 3D movies yeah. you have to watch like and forget that they were forced to shoot it in 3D because mm-hmm. they had to like change. Uh, Freddy, uh, Freddy's Dead is a great example of that. Yeah. Where if you ever listen to the director talk about it, she goes, mm-hmm. she had like a great idea for Freddy's Death, and they're they're like, yeah, but we want something 3D and wacky. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Bass Armstrong was also in My So Called Life, and again, we, we have a run of actors who were in Bosch lately. <laughs> um, but she's in that late. She was in that. She's in that currently. Um, Art Lafleur uh, as Phil is going to be talked about using Cobra. He's also, excuse me, again in the Blob as the pharmacist, which is just a role oh, I really, right. really love. Oh, that yeah. pharmacist scene! So that's good. so good. <laughs> so um, he was in the Sandlot as Babe Ruth, and then he's also in Field of Dreams. So he's kind of got a thing about being a, a classic baseball player, which he definitely fits. Yeah. Um, so I haven't watched Field of Dreams in like ten years or so. I love that movie. I watched it when I was a kid for some reason. Sure. And then my and then uh, with um, what's his name, Ray Liotta passing. My wife wanted to watch a Ray Liotta movie, so I'm like, oh yeah, let's. Have you seen Field of Dreams? My wife had never seen that before. Oh wow! I forget that that movie makes me cry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay let's, let's let's not forget too. Jason was also posting in a group message, but he's saying how he was high as fuck and went on a journey. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was. I was uh, yes, I was very under the influence while I watched that movie, and then at the end, I started bawling my brains out. But then I started got the giggles. And I laughed, so I was laughing and crying at the same time. I couldn't stop either one of them. I was doing it so hard. I think I, I pulled a muscle in my chest. He's he was pretty much like posting ideas and questions and then responding to himself. Which yes. was like, like, I was like, is this a horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> There's ghosts. Um, so yeah, that, that was an experience. A field, um, again, of dream, a field of Dreams horror movie I would, I would want to see. Like Field of Nightmares, Field of Dreams too. Field, field of Nightmares, nightmares. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like the first time you saw the ghosts, it would be pretty fucking terrifying. Like it wouldn't be. He was way too chill about just seeing ghosts. Mm-hmm. Right, and like well, they, they never really play them as supernatural, except for when they're walking through the field. There's that this like little vanishing effect. Yeah, but like as a kid, like it never really registered to me that they were quote ghosts, more like a corporal spirit kind of thing like i don't know as a kid it's just like okay there's just baseball players yeah if some <laughs> if some voice starts telling me to build a baseball field and the spirits show up it's gonna be that's that's a weird yeah. day um <laughs> 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 but that's such a yeah, fucking good movie it is it really yeah, is yeah I, I yeah i do you guys ever remember that uh do you remember you guys remember the the animated series the critic Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that show. Yeah. Oh, so good. They did a. They had one. They had one bit where it was Field of Dreams two, and it was just you know, it was basically showing all the baseball players as you, you know as as their real selves. So that you know, like you know, Babe Ruth is like looking for a hooker, and and, and, <laughs> and then, like um and then and then I forget who it is, but like another one just like cold cocks him, you know. So <laughs> well, also was it Wayne's Rule two? Is basically Field of Dreams. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> with with yeah, Jim Morrison so, as naked Indian friend. Oh right, right, right. Oh yeah, yeah, right. They did the whole doors thing. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> um. Yeah. So Chumley again was played by Meatloaf, which you know is <laughs> funny on a couple different levels. I mean, well, yeah, it's Meatloaf, and then they they call him Chumley. Mm-hmm. Chum. Chum. Um, yeah. Again, who's in, who has a scene in Wayne's World, Rocky Horror, Spice yeah. World, which I think is actually kind of a really underrated movie. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, and of course, um, yeah, and, uh, and, and yeah. of course, and of course, Fight Club. Fight Club is just iconic. Yeah. Tenacious iconic D. character. Yeah, um, he's a fun bit in that. Yeah, I, 
I he, I know he only has that one scene. I really um I really loved his um his performance. He um you know it's interesting. He's from I know he's from he's from Dallas, Texas originally, but I could not figure out what accent he was do, giving his yeah. character. He yeah. kind of had a little Cajun going on there. It was like kind of yeah. Cajun New Orleans. Like I don't know. Yeah, kind of. I was like I could not place it. I would I would I would one I. I would love to to know if uh, if Gil knows you know what if he made a choice or what that was. Well, yeah. it, it would make sense. That would be it could be New Orleans or somewhere near bodies of water if they're getting squid all the time. That's yeah, true. That That's true. He also yeah. he was in a uh, Masters of Horror episode uh, called Pelts. Oh, yes, he That's basically, one of the best yeah, ones. He basically yeah. skins himself, and I think Ugh. I want to oh, say it, it was actually one of the better episodes. Of that uh-huh. series. who directed that one? I think that's Argento. Wasn't that was Argento, Argento. Yes, that was Argento. Oh, wow. Was it okay? Wow. Because okay. Argento did that one, and did he do the one with the weird, like, uh, demon girl? The guy found the lady with the the scary face. Yeah, no, that was yeah, wasn't yeah. that yeah. Takashi Miike? No, Takashi Miike no. did the one that was considered too extreme for Showtime. Yeah, or they wouldn't yeah. put it on. That was called um, Imprint. Imprint. Yeah, yeah. They, um, with, with Billy Drago. Yeah. Would they put yeah. the sewing needles under her fingernails? Yeah. God, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that series is really yeah. underrated. That that whole series is really underrated. There, I watched gem, it last there, year all some, the way through. There's some really good ones in there. There's some gems. There's yeah. some stinker. There's some stinkers, but there are some. There's some real gems oh, in there. I mean, we're gonna top of the Carpenter one. Um, cigarette burns. I thought was just yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I, I don't give a fuck about spoilers. The show is almost twenty years old at this point. Uh, when they about, when yeah. they finally see the angel. I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, like a, like a kind of a devil's advocate uh, uh, deal there. But um, I, I, was, yeah. I was just going back to I think in Pelts, he also played off one of those weird accents, if I remember correctly. Oh, so interesting. I, yeah. I think this might have just been Meatloaf having some fun. Right. Yeah, oh, well, he's definitely, definitely having he's yeah. definitely having fun here. He almost gives he gives it that that odd swagger. I mean, yeah. he was uh, you know, he was only like missing like um, a. T- a um, a, a a a cane a cane and a pe- and a peacock plume from being a seventies yeah. pimp. Well, yeah, and what's yeah. I could I, I could have definitely used one more scene with him. It felt like yeah, I did want a little, little bit, bit more. more. He like, was great. Uh, he was so good. Crazy about meatloaf, and we're all kind of around the same. I think Galen, you're the youngest on this episode, uh, but like like everyone back when I was young was into meatloaf. Meatloaf was a big deal, an iconic musician. Uh, oh, every, yeah. Everyone knows him nowadays for the uh, the what the Robin Hood soundtrack song. The uh, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. No. I think that was the Robin Hood soundtrack, wasn't that? No, no, mm-hmm. you're th- no, you're thinking it was a Brian Adams. Brian song. Adams, Brian, Brian Adams. Adams. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. All for I, one. I forget when that, oh, when yeah, I yeah, would yeah, do anything for love came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this, it, yeah. But Meatloaf was good. iconic back in the day. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. One one other performance that I, I really like Meatloaf in is a. Uh, horror musical called stage fright oh and yes it's like at oh, a theater yeah. camp and uh, he's the owner of the theater camp and he gets to sing and it's 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 a lot of fun there's this metal yeah, guy that screeches later, through the whole movie like it's he did, really yeah fun. yeah he's it, yeah he's great i mean of course you know bad out of hell is one of the is yeah it's a brilliant album but mm-hmm. yeah it was his his performance some of his performances are t- terrific i bought bad out of hell from kmart when i was like 12 years old thinking it was gonna be, <laughs> thinking it was gonna be a metal record and no, i was very disappointed <laughs> <laughs>
Um, yeah, it's kind of so, what you, yeah. What would you call it? Like glam metal or? I wouldn't even call it like, that. It was more kind of just like rock. I would just call it rock. And rock metal. opera. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, opera. It's, opera, 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 it's definitely opera. rock opera. And that's yeah, not it's, a knock on his talents. It just wasn't. No. As it's a, not, that's not yeah. his style. That's yeah. just. Yeah. It, yeah, it wouldn't be. Yeah, it's it, right because yeah, you might be sold on the cover. Yeah, you think yeah. it's like a gonna be like a Megadeth or something like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, kids out there, it was real, real difficult back in the day. Like. I remember buying that Grateful Dead album. I'm like, oh, there's fucking skulls on it. Uh, yeah, it was not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. This is way too chill for if me. You're, yeah, if you're a metal fan, yeah, de- yeah, the, the, the GD are not your jam. Um, so Gaston is played by Judd Nelson <laughs> uh, from, obviously, The Breakfast Club, St. Elmo's Fire. He did some, he's been doing some Transformer voices for quite a while. He did. Transformers, oh, yeah, the yeah. movie, he and was, then he did some of the newer cartoons. He was Rodimus Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hot Rod, who became Rodimus Hot Prime Rod, yeah. once he obtained control of the Matrix. Yeah, was, uh, yeah. Um, one of uh, another one of his um, um, uh, more more dubious credits is um, he was the he was the villain in the Shaquille O'Neal film Steel. Oh no! Oh. Shit. oh. Uh, I missed that one. He was also the yeah. I think most people did. Most people. Did. He was also the um, record exec in Airheads. Yep. Oh shit! Okay, that's right. <laughs> Question: Who'd win in the wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Did someone that, just ask that's that? One of his, that's one of his lines. Or? Yeah, that, no, that was the lines fed to him. No, and, I'm saying on was that on Blake and Horror? Someone asked so, that. Was so, that you? So I didn't ask that, but I said there is an answer. I said there is an answer to this, and someone better get it right. <laughs> I haven't heard that. <laughs> it's a trick question. Lemmy is God. Yeah. Right. Well, it was, yeah. Steve Buscemi asked that to him and. He said, "Let me." Eh, God, eh, wrong, wrong answer, asshole, or something like that. That's funny. What, what a great movie Airheads is too. Just yeah, out there like, give oh, me. Yeah. I want a football helmet with cottage cheese. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mention that all the time. Forty copies of Moby Dick, the book of the movie. <laughs> they made a book out of that. Get the book. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch that. Maybe I'll show one of my. Maybe I'll show that to my other son. That's one of those movies that has a crazy good cast. We mm-hmm. think about it, it was like this ensemble comedy. It was a lot of people right before they got famous. Yeah, 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 and they all fucking killed it. Like Michael Richards, just before he, you know Seinfeld took off, like all those people. But before yeah. he shouted, yeah. Well, then yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah the, 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 we don't have to go into that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, um, yeah. I just remember there the, the, the one bit with Adam Sandler where he's like talk, wanting to like drum underwater. He has like he has the idea of like drumming and yeah drumming underwater on stage. Oh yes, was, yes, God. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. You guys are the Lone Rangers, but there's three of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can do that for our Patreon. We'll do a Airheads review. That's funny. I'll do it for free. I'm just... Yeah. Right. Uh, the, the Patreon is just for feet. The same. Like oh, okay. <laughs> our Patreon. Fe- <laughs> uh, Jason. I know you're laughing, but you're on to something there. <laughs> Don't forget that. Patreon for feet. Isn't that just Patreon? I know there's, wi- there's wiki feet. And, yeah. Okay. We're going down the rabbit yeah. hole. That, that, I don't want to get yeah, on one of the Mondo's one, yeah. lists. Hey, yeah. hey uh, I know web developers. We can make Featreon a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, or yeah, <laughs> yeah. They'll probably come out. Yeah, they'll probably beat. Someone will beat you with only feet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jody, we need some stickers, pronto. All right, all right. I'll get on it. Only feet. <laughs> Was it, right. Is that where the um, ring by the vajinkle? <laughs> the, the what, Jason? <laughs> I don't even know. I I don't even know what that I, is. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking. 
That's all I'm going to say about that. How yeah. do you, okay. no, you'll have to look it up yourself. How do you guys know what this is? No, I don't dude. want to be on the list. It was, so. a bloody good, it was a bloody good horror bit back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's right. That's why I heard about it. So okay. blame them. Um, all right. Jody, give us a comic comparison before we go anywhere else. Any further down this hole. All right. Uh, oh, down what hole? Or the hole the, in the vagina. Uh, oh, boy. Anyway. This came from the Haunt of Fear number 12, which is March 1952. Uh, the, the, the William Gaines estate just said, we don't want fucking control of this copyright anymore. <laughs> uh, all right, sorry. Jason's laughing so much, it's broken me over here. All right, this is the same issue as uh, On a Dead Man's Chest that we did a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, script by Bill Gaines and Al Feldstein. Uh, and art by Jack Davis. So you've got all your heavy hitters uh, from the Tales from the Crypt universe working on this one. And boy, they really just kind of took a concept and ran with it when they wrote this script uh, because there was very little happening in the uh, comic that actually makes it over. Well, I, so I, I'll tell you what happened. I remember, comic. yeah. Different, I, different story here. I think it's a really cool, though, like, uh, I guess a, um, a feather in the cap of, of Gil and Al, how good they were, though. Just like they could take an idea and rewrite it and make it. Yeah. Awesome. No, 100%. Find something else. Yeah. They yeah. definitely, yeah. Yeah. So this, this one starts a drifter comes up to a failing restaurant that's like right beside a freeway where a lot of cars are passing. Uh, but th they, they have no one in there. No one ever comes to the restaurant. He tells the owners he can help them attract business and he's even going to work for free until they show a profit. After that, he wants 50%. And so they're like, well, I mean, 50% of something is better than nothing. So uh, yeah, let's do it. The drifter's name is Eric, and the owners are Herman and Charlie. And so Eric says, we need a hook. And what we're going to do is we're going to serve only chicken. Like, that's going to be, we're just going to serve chicken. He installs a big sign on top of the building that says chicken coop to attract people. And he puts a big outdoor grill in front. He says, we're going to cook the food right out in front. People will smell it. It will bring in a crowd. And it works. The smell attracts people. The restaurant starts doing lots of business. Then Eric says they're going to add a big air fryer or a big fryer, deep fryer, fat fryer, not an air fryer. That <laughs> a funny anachronism. They, they invented air <laughs> frying. They invented it. That's amazing. So they're going to add a big fryer to make southern fried chicken part of the menu. And here's where I got curious reading this. This was March 1952. The first KFC franchise ever opened in September 1952. So I think they stole the idea of the uh, chicken-only restaurant. Oh, dude, save that for trivia. From great. Tales from the Crypt. Wow. And I got other trivia. I got other trivia. But yeah, no, the, the first KFC <laughs> so was after this one. So anyway. Colonel Sanders. They're doing, they're, doing turn, they're, they're doing tons of business. Eric says it's time to expand and open a new restaurant. And uh, so they get a big, huge grill this time, a big barbecue and a fryer big enough to cook 50 chickens at once. Which, let me just say, for those of you who like to fry chicken, don't cook that much at once. you got to give them space. They can't be all up on top of each other. they yeah, got to no, have no, a little no. room to breathe if you're going right. to bread and fry some chicken. You don't want the breasts like rubbing together. That's just kind of weird. <laughs> you didn't even say anything, but somehow just the implications did. Anyway. It's not my fault where your minds go. Like, it's... <laughs> So Charlie and Herman, though, they're, they're doing this tons of business and they start resenting that Eric's getting 50%. They're like, okay, so we made, you know, $8,000 and that's 2000 for each of us and 4000 for him. 
So why don't we murder him? And then uh, we won't have to pay him anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's really that quick. Straight to murder. Yeah. And to be also, fair, all, all of our also, minds he... have gone there at some point. We just don't act on it. Like, everyone's I'm... always had a thing like, you know what? I don't want to go to, to Jim's house on Saturday. I should just kill him. <laughs> right? Everyone's thought that, right? Just me? Okay, never mind. Okay. Also, $8,000 in 1950. Whew. Yeah, no, they were doing big business. But they, they just, they were not okay with Eric taking his cut that he was owed, that they agreed to. So they attack him in bed, gag him, tie him up, and set his house on fire. So they just go hardcore from the beginning. Mm. Like, oh, boy. Uh, but after that, though, his charred body crawls out of the fire, and he comes to the owners, and they go, oh, no, it's Eric. The next day, two policemen show up to investigate the fire, and they go to the chicken coop because they know Eric's one of the, the owners there, and they find these two owners, one man broiled on the barbecue, and the other man deep fried. So Eric got his revenge after being burned. That's why you had a giant fryer. If you're not going to put a person in it, what are you even doing? So yeah, no, oh, this has almost really nothing to do. Different direction. Yeah. Almost nothing to do with the, the episode, other than like Drifter, who can make a restaurant do well. But like the in the episode, the Drifter's murdering people. He's killing. I kept waiting for that twist. Right. I was like, did yeah. the Tales from the Crypt people who wrote this not know that people don't taste like chicken? But no, he really was serving chicken. That was the whole, like, he was actually just really good at making the restaurant work. <laughs> he was completely innocent, and the other guys were the bad guys. So Interesting. So they took a, yeah, so. Yeah, sometimes um, they take, like, like a very. I mean, it was it was a minimal, like, what if a restaurant? Okay, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> I think they, yeah. I wouldn't. I, I, think, I think they made the, I think they went in the right direction. I, yeah. I, I think, I think it was. Um, I think I, I think a more literal adaptation wouldn't have been as compelling. No, no, I, I wouldn't want to see Fred and Irma kill Gaston, who really was just good at running a restaurant. Like, yeah, I want Fred or, and Irma yeah. to remain. Whoever it was, answer. yeah, whoever the characters were, yeah, that's just not as interesting. I think you've kind of, you know, seen that kind of uh, that you know that that kind of poetic justice before in other episodes. So I think it was great that they took it in this direction. Yeah, uh, really, yeah. plot-wise, it does sound better, but the the ending does sound kind of cool. We kind of like the scene. Oh yeah, yeah. No, uh, the 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 giant deep fryer. Like I, I can guarantee, if we were watching an episode and they wheeled out a deep fryer big enough to put fifty chickens in, we're like, oh, someone's going to be <laughs> like, you're just waiting for it. You know, right, it. yeah. It's, uh, a, it's it, yeah. It's it's Chekhov's deep fryer. Yeah. <laughs> $8,000 $8, in 1950 money would be $96,000 today. So why are they even fighting? Why, why, why are they even murdering him? They're all doing great. They're doing great. Yeah, well, they're doing fantastic. I mean, yeah, like if I was watching the new season of Stranger Things, and there's like a, a sum of $40,000 that people are like trying to get a hold of. I'm like, how much is that really worth in the 80s? I think it was like $110,000. i am like, Still, that's a good chunk of money, that's but still, for the, the lengths that some people are going through in that season, I'm like, oh, Ooh. are we about to spoil Sp Stranger no. Things? We'll no, no, I don't want to see it. I'm, I'm cutting off. Oh, no, no, that no. wasn't a spoiler. Since you it's... brought it up, though, what I will say, and this is not a spoiler, um, who are the Duffers? Are those mm -hmm. the Duffer brothers? Yeah, yes. all I want for them to do is do the next Nightmare on Elm Street yes. movie. Like, this whole season is a love letter to fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. And oh wow! Okay. I, I mean yeah. that in the most positive of ways mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. Like great. just a fucking great season, and um, and they've always said the, the quote Nancy character. I thought that mm -hmm. was an interesting homage, I, and they kind of lean into that. I can't hear that without hearing Freddie's voice going Nancy. Like mm -hmm. I cannot hear that name without that 
without yeah. that voice in my head. I'm your boyfriend now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like one like half step away from that. Yeah. Very good. All one. right. Uh, let's go to our ranking. Galen, you're our guest. What do you rank this episode? Uh, one to five? One to five. You can do half points. Five being the best. I'd say four and a half. Absolutely. All right. Jody? Uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Galen here. Uh, I think this is a four and a half. Mondo. Man, I'm going to go higher than everybody again. I'm going to go five on this episode. Like I think this is top Good tier episode, you. but I, I would never argue a four and a half or a four. This is just a great episode and everyone should watch it. Cause it's, um, you know, it's funny cause in the wrestling, in wrestling, people get so fucking offended when someone rates a match <laughs> four and a half or four and three quarters instead of five. But dude, like any of those are great. Great numbers. Great episode. Yeah. Watch this one. This is a good one to watch. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm going with four point five. Oh, I think I'll, this, one point off. I thought three. And uh, half. <laughs> um yeah, no, I think our discussion is turning around a little bit. And um yeah, I really, really like it and I love the cast and the writing's great. It, and there's a lot of lot there's a lot of nuanced stuff going on. I will like, also, joke wise. I also qualify it. I I rarely rate anything. Five, I think you know. So I, you know, even even on my fi- my favorite films of all time, I'll I'll give it like a you know an 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 eight or nine out of ten. So it's like this is this is about as high as it gets for me. So I'm I mean I love this episode. Do you do you, yeah, ever- do you have a do you have a five uh, an episode you rank a five in Tales from the Crypt? Oh man, um, probably. I mean, I love. I mean, I know it's early, but I love uh, Man Who Is Death. I mean that's way yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that that's that was like one of the perfect episodes to start the series off with so good I mean I love everything about it the I mean one I think one of the best performances of the uh, of the series I think Bill Sadler gives um, the the breaking the fourth wall just everything about it that you know that's a I mean it's Walter Hill directing the the, mm-hmm. um, the it's so well shot. The music from Ry Cooter. I mean, everything about it just kills. And if nice. anyone listening to this hasn't heard it yet, we did a uh, live Q and A with Will Sadler, and he talks a lot about how he got casted on that movie. Just some great stories, and um, mm-hmm. uh, thank you to Will yeah. if you're out there. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, one, yeah. One thing I was I, I was also listening to your about back to this episode. I was you know um, uh, I was listening to. Um, uh, you, the, um, what is what is it the uh, uh, the how not to make a movie podcast mm-hmm. talking with, mm-hmm. yeah with it's uh, with so the, good it's you yeah you, bravo that's so good um but uh, yeah listening to Alan and and Gil talk I think they spoke briefly about this episode and they talked about how they um they were they would often write with music in mind and they kind of wrote this episode with um with Louis Armstrong in mind mm-hmm. and, oh wow. Uh, yeah, and so you can hear like with that that Dixieland jazz theme yeah, that like Nicholas that. Pike did is so good. I mean, I think it's one of I I, I love I love the episodes on on the series when they have like a really um, a, a really key theme and like the, Nicholas Pike just killed it with the the music on that. He's done like a oh probably about like fifteen twenty episodes at least yeah. of the series and yeah, this is like one of my favorites. And and, and to kind of not to kind of stray away, but like. Good music can, especially in horror, I think, yeah. can really enhance uh, mm-hmm. an episode, oh, enhance absolutely. a movie. 
I mean, like uh, I've always said, and uh, shout out to Films at First Sight because they just did The Beyond this week, which is one of my nearest oh, and wow. dearest horror films to my heart. Like I love that movie on a different level. Um, but I think though, without the soundtrack they have to that film, it wouldn't be as great as impactful. So um, that's a good oh, that's yeah. a good point. How that really it's kind of cool how they wrote it to this. Uh, they wrote the epi- They wrote the the words to the music, which is really neat. Yeah, I mean, it, and it has a musicality in the editing and just uh, you know the the way it's the way it's shot. That opening that opening scene. I mean, I think they they do they you know because they were always up against it with the budget. You know, working on very you know fairly small budgets, and so they they do a lot with so little of just that opening sequence. You know, yeah. the POV of the of the chopping of the squid. You get the whole. You get the tone of uh, you get the tone of it the you know everything, yeah you know, it's it's a it's such a it's such a great uh, so, yeah you know, I mean the direction of it is so great the the visuals are great. Okay, um, so we weren't able to get our Al's anecdote in for Beauty Rest, so we're going to put that in here. But if you want to hear more about this episode and actually some great tales about other uh, tales of the crypt episodes. Um, you can go to the How Not to Make a Podcast episode seven, where they talk about this. They talk a lot about um, the meatloaf uh, casting, which was which you know caused some uh, logistical issues. So, oh, cool! Um, I, oh, I, I haven't listened to that episode yet. I'll, I'll yeah, go listen to that one. Um, all right. Hi, this is Alan Katz talking about Beauty Rest. Terry Black wrote the script. Alas, Terry and I fell out after I heavily revised his script for The Reluctant Vampire the previous season. Terry wrote some great episodes. Hey, Dig This Cat, He's Real Gone is the episode that made me want to do Crypt. Corman's Calamity is another great episode. But part of the mandate when Gil and I took over the show starting season three was to reassert the franchise. We wanted to feel Tales' comic book origins, but we wanted a bit more reality, too. Terry and I clashed on that second part. In fact, Terry took his name off both episodes he wrote for that season. The writer is credited as Donald Longtooth. Psst, it's Terry. Now, could I have dealt with Terry better? Oh, gosh, absolutely, and I wish I had. It was great working with Stephen Hopkins a second time. What a super talented guy. If I remember correctly, when we hired Mimi Rogers to play the lead, she had just ended her relationship with Tom Cruise. She was a great get. Kudos to Victoria Burroughs. For me, the episode is memorable because of Victoria's other great idea and great get, Buck Henry to play the MC. I'm a writer first and foremost. Buck Henry wrote one of the most iconic screenplays of all time, The Graduate. He wrestled Catch-22 to the ground, an impossible task. He wrote the screenplays for To Die For and What's Up, Doc. He was one of the screenwriting gods. Now... While I didn't write Beauty Rest, I did rewrite it, and I wrote the lyrics for the song Buck sings in the episode. The idea of putting words into Buck Henry's mouth. That thought still makes me smile. I'll finish with one youthful regret. I was so young then, so silly, so lacking in confidence. As a fellow writer, the guy putting words into Buck Henry's mouth, I never dared ask Buck anything about the craft we both shared. Screenwriting. If I had the chance to sit on a film set with Buck Henry now, with hours of time to kill, oh, the questions I would ask that man. See you next time. Okay, so let's go on to our song of the day. All right. I'm going to uh, uh, 
I don't know if you if you know this, uh, Jason, but I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of uh, of heavy metal music and all really genres. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know this, but we've been doing I this for almost a guess. year, and I don't. There's something I'm always learning about right. Mondo, no, yeah. the Mondo <laughs> character. Super unique that I just yeah I don't. Um, but um, I'm gonna go with a, a band from Davenport, Iowa, in the Quad Cities, and uh, I discovered this band because a, a near and dear friend of mine who I've known for over 20 years, my, my friend Nate who I uh, love to death, one of my best friends in this world, um, he played with the basis of this band in another band called Helm Splitter, which is a uh, geeky name. It's basically a, uh, a weapon of the uh, in uh, the um, Elder, uh, Elder Scroll series. It's called the Helm Splitter. And they did this kind of cool like death black metal band. <clears throat> Just fantastic. My buddy Nate's a drummer, wonderful drummer. Uh, but the basis did a, a, a band called Pit Lord. It is barbecue-themed death metal, where all they do <laughs> exactly, and it and it it'd be really easy to kind of make a, a, a comedy slash joke band and just make shitty music, but they actually make really fun music and really good music, and have a lot of cool like little, um, uh, whatever uh, sound sound bites on everything. Um, so the album, the album, the newest album is called Seasonings in the Abyss. And for any hey. of my uh, metalhead friends out there, maybe listening to this or metalheads out there, it's obviously a riff off of uh, Slayer's uh, "Season in the Abyss," which came out okay. in the early '90s. And oh, all their and, and all their songs are also just kind of takeoffs of other bands. And I hate to say the song I'm going to use tonight. I can't think of what song they were trying to p- uh, parody, but uh, not in music but in the in the lyric uh, right. in the um the name of the song like uh on this album they have a a song called goat smoker which is based off of sleep dope smoker obviously obviously uh bacon basher based off deicide's bible basher de-veganized based off vital remains de-christianized and track number 5 is the song grill marks off of seasoning in seasonings in the abyss by pit lord and um I, i'm just going to read uh, the first verse of this it says uh i do, do you want me to growl it i can growl like death metal style i'll do both i'm not i'm not gonna do that uh, <laughs> i was hoping you to say no and then i wouldn't have to <laughs> um if you want to cook my steak you better do it properly if you fuck it up i will end your life swiftly high heat precision grilling the stakes could not be higher four minutes per side is how you achieve supremacy <laughs> That's amazing, and the whole song is about grilling a steak, which is fantastic. Um, that's amazing. oh, that is amazing. Yeah. Oh, this is a great find. Yeah. So they don't do any. So their their references are aren't aren't literal. Like they don't do any like parodies or anything. It's always just like a, a like a title reference. Or... Yes, it's like track six in their darkened brines as Niles in their darkened shrines. Um, Skewers of madness, track seven. Altars of madness or morbid angel. Um, propane creation. I don't know that one. Yeah, um, but they're uh, but they're like they're original songs. They're not like yes. parodies. Yeah, they're 100 yeah. percent original songs, and they just yeah. call themselves uh, the first ever like barbecue themed uh, death metal band. And they're actually they, really good. That's what the capper is. The music is actually right. good. <laughs> have they have they played at cookouts? It's funny you ask that. I think just recently, um, they did a, uh, a a guy basically hosted a a big cookout with a bunch of metal bands. I think they're the headliner of that one, which is just perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> That's, uh, awesome. That's uh, awesome. I know in, in in the Illinois area they played um, uh, Full Terror Assault, which is a pretty big outdoor festival out there. With like, okay. I think Fear Factory headlined it one year. So, mm. I yeah, 
it's a big one, but um, uh, I I yeah. I do have a soft spot for a lot of the themed metal bands. Like um, um, do you know the um? Are you familiar with O'Killy Dokily? Yeah. You know what? You know what though? Like, okay, I, I don't want to talk bad about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But but okay. but the, but the, my problem with Oakley Dokily is the gimmick is great. The music yeah. is. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I've, to be fair, I've only heard like one or two tracks, yeah. you know. But I, I yeah. love the idea behind it, though, and I love it's that. Great, yeah. Um, I, I love it that when when metal bands are just kind of just take the piss out of their own music, right? Because oh, the, yeah. the genre's always been. And I joked about it last episode that Abbott from Immortal, who are one of the original like Norwegian like fucking black metal bands, burn the church down bands. Uh, everyone should burn a church, by the way, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were done with this. Yeah, we're oh back. boy, oh boy. Uh, no, you really shouldn't burn churches eh, if you want to. Um, but uh, how I can neutral it, about it. In yeah. one of the original music videos, he was running around with like a spirit Halloween witch hat because he got it before anybody else got it. That it was, it's okay to be be fun and take the piss out of it. And um, a, a friend of mine it. who's played a lot of serious bands and ran a record label, releasing very serious records. Uh, he started a joke grind uh, band called Matsunaga Was Right. Based off a, a Japanese deathmatch wrestler named um, uh, uh, Mitsuharu Matsunaga, and okay. he jokes that like I made this band as a joke. We have a CD out with twenty songs on it, and it's fifteen minutes long. And this, for some reason, is the band that's made me the most money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, that sounds about right. And I, I'm I'm working on something too in that vein, which I'll talk about later on if I ever actually get to it. Uh, but anyhow, uh, going circling back around um pit lord seasonings in the abyss the song is called grill grill marks um you can check them out on Bandcamp. i think it's like a couple bucks if you want to listen to the, the digital album i cool. don't know if they're on spotify um but uh it's it's some fun music and i think even people that don't like metal can sometimes appreciate it when they put the wacky song clips in there and it's just fun it's just fun that's cool do that's they ever cool. have like any do they do they ever have any sound effects? Do they have any like, like sizzling grills in the background or anything? Oh, you know what? I haven't caught that, but um, like in Grill Marks, the beginning of someone talking about a steak, and then they have a scene from Letter Kenny. If anybody watches that show, where they sure, talk sure. about making steaks, and they put a, a little uh, sound clip in there, and okay. uh, uh, yeah, and and we'll talk more about grilling steaks when we get to our dad advice here coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good news, they are on Spotify. I just uh, checked. Spotify. Yay. All right. Uh, Jody, hit us with some trivia. Okay, so uh, I just thought this was really interesting. This episode that we talked about tonight is the highest rated episode on IMDb. Uh, it's oh, wow. uh, 8.2. And uh, the second highest rated is Yellow, the, yeah. uh, the, the big one. It's a really good 8.1, one. only one-tenth of a, a point difference. And the third one is the only other one that makes it up to an eight. Everything else is under an eight. Is uh, television terror the one where the reporter goes and uh, yeah? That's I mean those are all good episodes. All really good. No doubt. All really good. Uh, Yeah. I was I was surprised to find out that this was the highest rated. And if you look at the reviews, people are saying a lot of people are saying this is the best episode as far as they're concerned. So I yeah. Feather feather in the cap of uh, Alan and Gil because. You make a very, a very good, a very good argument for that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a, yeah, one of my favorites for sure. Okay, thank you, Jody. 
Yeah. All right. So for dad advice, we put out a call on our Instagram. Does anyone have any uh, grilling or steak questions or tips they want to give us? Uh, Mondo, do you have that pulled up? Um, I do. And first of all, I want to say once again, I'm not mad at our followers, but I am disappointed. <laughs> um, in that we only got two responses. Come on, guys. Ask us dumb questions. We don't care. Like it, it helps yeah. us. Uh, Figure this stuff out. Like it, like any dad, you're not you're not mad. You're just disappointed. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, um. Uh. Chris. Uh, Chris Chachern. He just said, "Be careful of who sells you your meat." Yeah. He's Which, not. You know. He's not. That's wrong. fair. What I'm gonna that's tell fair. all you youngsters out there, you're gonna see a post on Facebook on some point. It's gonna say, "Come to the mall. Come to the parking lot, Ugh. and yeah. get 25 ribeyes for 25 dollars." Like that meat, don't, don't, don't fucking buy that meat. That meat definitely sucks. <laughs> meat quality does matter. And this is what I'll say I'm a big fan of ButcherBox. Um, ButcherBox, if they're listening and wants to sponsor us, I'll, p- I'll pimp a code if you guys give us a code. Um, uh, uh, ButcherBox, great quality meat. Like I, I, I got during the pandemic because I'm like, I just want people to come to my house and, and deliver meat and me not have to go to the store. And then I was like, God damn it, it's so tasty. It's stupid how tasty it is. So I'll say, yeah, I think that's it's a great piece of advice. Be careful who sells you your meat. Does the butcher box come frozen? Yes, uh, with dry. They put dry ice in it. Okay, and, and they yeah, always, that's that's the thing with all those boxes that I might not eat everything at, at the same time. So that's good to know that oh, you dude, can just throw it in your freezer. You drop and everything then... in the freezer, and and so one time, um, I think it's FedEx delivers it, and uh, fuck FedEx, but uh. Uh, I can't get sued for that, right? We just fuck lost FedEx. a sponsor. Yeah, fuck FedEx. <laughs> suck a dick. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with sucking a dick, but fuck FedEx. Uh, um, but uh, but they uh, they they've got my uh, my box here late a couple times because yeah. they, they apparently couldn't deliver my house because they just suck at life, and um, it's still been frozen <laughs> even even so. So um, nice. uh, it's 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 good stuff. I'll, I'll tell people like if, if you guys are fans of Butcher Box or, or want some good quality meat and don't want to go to the store for it, fuck, it's some good meat. Um, or if you have a local butcher too, like we have a, we have some good butchers here that all produce really great meat. And, and again, there's also nothing wrong with getting a steak. Cause, cause I'm going to go into, uh, the next question for you guys, which is not a question asked by Twitter or by Instagram. We'll get that in a minute. But, um, you, anyone can take a, a, a fucking 20, 30, 40 dollar piece of steak and make a good steak. You can't any state that costs that much money that has that perfect marbling and perfect cut. You really can't cook it wrong. You can cook that well done. Is it as good as medium or medium rare? Fuck no. But it won't be bad. But when you can take like that seven dollar a pound cut from the local grocery store and make people love that steak, that's when you know you no, know how to make a steak. That's my jam. The seven dollar a pound value pack. Yep. Oh yeah, same boat, same boat. Yeah, that, uh, that's my, that's where that's where I'm like, okay, I'm going to. When I look at the weekly ads, if I see that, I'm like, okay, I'm going there this week. All right, yep. so, here, so here's where we're gonna get into it. First of all, my question to my my, my fellow uh, PMS podcast is, how do you like your steak cooked? Um, Jason, we'll start with you, because you're to my left. Like doneness or just method? You know what? Let's do doneness and method. Yeah, and I'm definitely a medium rare guy. Um, even more rare than not. Um, it kind of depends what my mood is and, you know, kind of what's going on. What I, I got a, uh, sous vide machine, uh, for, for my birthday back in January and, um, really enjoying that. And for those that don't know, it's basically like this, like 
machine that's like a tube and you stick it in a vat of water and it cooks the water to a very specific specific temperature and then you can put food in like a vacuum sealed bag or even just a bag that you just kind of displace the air in and it cooks it directly to that temperature and then you know it's they can't go above that temperature and it like maintains it so if you want to cook a steak you say you don't want it rare at like you want it really rare you go like 115 120 um and he's like go oh, and then once it's done you take it out you dry it off and you just throw it on a hot grill or hot pan and sear it and then boom you're done cool um so I, that, i've always wanted the sous vide just have never pulled the trigger on one because it sounds really awesome it is it's really cool all right it takes a the only it takes a little bit of planning just because it just because it takes a long time to do you have to wait for the water for the water to get the temperature um, but it's very but, versatile and, you know, it's really foolproof. Correct me if I'm wrong. Foolproof. Like it's one of those things that you can throw in in the morning before you go to work mm-hmm. and you come home to, to dinner, basically. Um, it depends on what it is. Cause some things, if you leave it eight hours, that might, the texture might start being off. Like okay. it'll be cooked, but the texture might start to break down more than you want. So if you put like a chicken thigh, um, like it'll just become a little mushy mm. per se. It, it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do eight hours, but like, yeah, you can do it for four hours. And it'll be it'll be good. Um, so that's been kind of my go-to lately. It it isn't the best for a very thin piece of meat um, because it, it it's better for like thicker cuts. Okay. If it's really thin, I'll just throw it on the grill. But yeah, it's a so I mean really anything thrown with a high heat, uh, salt, pepper, some butter, and then some you know garlic. Don't put your garlic on before you do high heat because it'll just burn. So really salt and pepper are the only things that can really stand up to a very high heat temperature. Um, so if you like salt something or try to put aromatics before you do a high heat sear, it's just going to burn off. So mm-hmm. you need to do it like towards the end or even after. Damn, some great tips there, Jason. Uh, do you prefer a, a nice like thick cut of meat to a, a thin flimsy one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you like your meat thick. Gotcha. I like my meat thick. I'm a, I'm a ribeye guy, too. <laughs> ribeye guy. Awesome. That's my next question is what cut of meat? Yeah. What no, kind I of love, steak love do you like? Ribeyes. Um, Jody, how about you? Okay, so I'm with Jason on Dundas. I'm a medium rare guy. And as far as how I like to make it, if I am cooking indoors, I will, uh, you know, just do your basic sear uh, and then oven finish it. You don't have to go very far with it if you're doing medium rare. I do... I have wanted to experiment with the reverse sear where you cook it first and then sear it afterwards. I haven't had a chance to play with that yet, but if I'm really yeah, doing it, yeah. uh, I've done that with like, again, thicker cuts of meat and that works really well. Yeah. Cause you can get it exactly the dose you want, then just sear it really and quickly sear, and then yeah. you're good. But if I'm really doing it the way I want, apologies to Hank Hill, but I like to cook on a charcoal grill. Oh, um, so as a guy whose favorite show in the world is King of the Hill, um, I also am a fan of charcoal. And I, I, I much prefer charcoal and, to a gas grill. Did, did you ever see the episode where they talk about where, where Bobby and um, and Peg get a charcoal grill? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite episodes in the series. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love to get a good charcoal grill going. Um, just throw it out there, both sides, get it good and cooked. And, and, and like, like Jason was saying, I like to keep it pretty simple. Salt and pepper, a little bit of butter. Don't do too much to it at that point. And then you can do stuff to it afterwards if you need to. But uh, yeah, no, I like I like cooking on the grill and uh, get that little bit of char on there. Get a little bit of that smoke flavor from the charcoal. That's, yeah, that's my favorite. Uh, uh, Jody, I'm going to have Galen go next. And I'm going to tell you how to make your steak better afterwards. Okay. Trust me. 
it's gonna be good. Uh, I will say I'm, I generally these days I don't, um, I avoid red meat for health reasons, but uh, understand when I, that. yeah, yeah but definitely. when I, yeah, when I, um, yeah, and, you know, and, and you know, and, you know, it, it, t- it tend to, w- it to stay away also for health reasons from anything too heavily grilled, but I mean, a, a good, a good charcoal grilled steak, you know, every now and then is, is, uh, is, is pretty fantastic. And I usually will go towards like a, a medium well, like not, not, not too, not, not too bloody kind of right in the middle. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm also a medium rare guy, closer to rare, but so, so Jody, what's your missing out in the charcoal grill? Because when you okay. put, when you, when you put that grill in the charcoal first, um, what's happening? All those juices just drip into your fire. Mm-hmm. You'll lose a lot of juice. So I'm going to tell you is the reverse sear, that's going to be your key, brother. You get that cast iron pan super hot, cook it on that cast iron pan, finish it on top of the grill. Um, mm. That way all the juice of a tanch have a chance to kind of suck trapped. it up and stay. Yes. Go get trapped yeah. in um, there. Okay. And I tell you what, like nothing beats a hot cast. So I take my cast iron pan. I put it on as high as the same as I can get it to. Um, you can also heat up in your preheat in your oven. But I just put it mm-hmm. on top of my stove top, put it on high. Turn the, the ventilation on because I know smoke's about to fucking fill my house up. Yep. Because uh, yep. it's a well-seasoned cast iron pan. Minute and a half, minute and a half. 30 seconds, 30 seconds. You guys can't see my hands right now if you're listening to the podcast, but a minute and a half on each side. Uh, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Done. Uh, I, I put some butter towards the end and some garlic and kind of baste it at the very end. Mm-hmm. And you can cook the whole thing on a cast iron skillet, and it retains all that moisture. And then you let it, let it, so there are different thoughts on whether you need to let it rest afterwards. I'm still a fan of the rest period. Um, where you yeah, I, I endorse the rest period because there's this. Uh, I think if you start cutting it open too soon, it hasn't got a chance to reabsorb its juices. Um, what I really like to do is, especially if you're cooking over a grate, like uh, on the regardless of its propane or gas is uh, once you put it to rest, just put a little uh, dab of butter on it. Yeah, and no. Just let the heat mm-hmm. take the butter and just kind of distribute while while the heat's, like, dispersing. Yeah, I kind of put the butter in the very last minute while I'm kind of – and then I kind of flip it make sure both sides yeah, are nice and basted. And, then, yeah. um, and also, another important thing people don't do, it's a really good idea, too, to, to take it and put it on its sides and get a nice crust yes. on those mm-hmm. outer pieces. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I know, like, steak connoisseur is going to be like, it's got to be salt and pepper and nothing else. But it doesn't. You can put different kind of spices on it and make mm-hmm. it great. I'm a fan of uh, salt, pepper, garlic powder, and onion powder. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, those those are the staples around my house. Like no, my, my, no, the, the point is that just don't put them on before you sear because then it's just going to burn. But yeah, after no. you sear, then yeah, you can put whatever you and want. And if you think you put enough salt on, put some more on because you mm-hmm. really can't. Um, you can also. I can. I, I sometimes over salt. Well, there's also a thing you can do. You can put um like um. You can put salt on the bottom of the pan, like uh, the thick like kosher salt on the bottom of the pan, mm-hmm. and you can actually not put not even salt the steak, but just put a lot of kosher salt on your cast iron and cook it on that, and the salt like melt into the excuse me will melt into the steak. But um, I do steak one hundred percent the stove top, one hundred percent cast iron, a minute to a minute and a half on each side at first to get the sear in. And then from there, it's 30 seconds aside until I think it's the doneness. And I do the, the fist test. You know the fist test? Basically one finger and you touch your palm. And that's uh, rare. Two fingers is medium rare. Three fingers is medium. Four fingers is medium uh, well. 
know, not the most scientific, but you get the gist. Yeah, uh, yeah. Once you once you get the hang of it, you get it, and there's nothing wrong with using a meat thermometer. Totally fine, mm-hmm. thermometer. Yes. Um, so I'm gonna ask everybody now one more question. Jay already gave his answer, which is ribeye. What is your favorite cut of steak? And I will say I've always been a ribeye guy, but lately I've been experimenting with the flat iron. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do like flat iron. A cheaper cut of meat, but holy fuck, is it tasteful. Like, it's got that nice marbling that just kind of melts into the meat, and god damn it, it's good. Flat iron is good for, like, a group or, like, a a family if you're having friends over. Are are you thinking of flank or flat iron? Because there's a big difference. No, flat iron. Okay. Because flank's like carne asada meat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, flat iron, if if it's, like, for the whole family, um, or if you're having some friends, you just want to be able to cut up a whole thing and then... uh, serve it then uh, that's really good for that yeah a lot of state talk here and one last question so jody what's oh, your jody. favorite cut yeah favorite cut oh yeah no i, I ribeye for me personally but uh, i do like the others because I'm, I'm i'm frequently feeding a uh, big family <laughs> so something like that is is very helpful you can um, do good stuff with it yeah since i'm since I'm usually eating for one um i i do i do really like a i, I do like a flank steak yeah, flank steak is really good. And, and oh, pl- Mondo. And please note the, the, the three the three fattest guys on the show just said yeah. ribeye. Just said ribeye. So. <laughs> so Mondo, I don't know if you can see my shirt, but it's actually it's in the Metallica font, but it, it says, says Kettlehead. Yeah, I, I kind of didn't, oh, didn't, cool. didn't understand it. So I wasn't going like, to. It's, it's, it's like a kettle barbecue. Oh, no, oh I nice. See it. Okay. nice. Oh, I see. That's awesome. That's your point of that. I couldn't but it's in it. the Metallica font. So. Awesome. I quite, yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't catch that at first. Ooh, I just picked up the Master of Puppets remaster from Walmart, of all places. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I don't like shopping from Walmart, but it was $14, and it was it sounds, ama- oh. it sounds amazing. Uh, it's, a, it's a vinyl? Or it's vi- a vinyl. Oh, vinyl. Yeah, yeah, vinyl. Yeah, like, that's rad. That's rad. I'm a stupid vinyl geek. That Oh. Is, yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's finish up our last uh, Instagram question. Do you? It's the last Instagram coach question. Could have two answers. <laughs> Says, do yeah. you like meatloaf, Jody? Do you like meatloaf? Well, since you said that it has two answers, both kinds of meatloaf. Uh, meatloaf, the singer and actor. Yes, I, I enjoy all of his work. And uh, meatloaf, the food. Also, yes, uh, it was a comfort food growing up, and uh, I do still enjoy it. We don't make it very often, but uh, I always like it when we do. Uh, all right, Galen, how do you feel about meatloaf? Um, answer to both. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, for all the, all the reasons we mentioned before, definitely, um, definitely appreciate a lot of what we, we got from, uh, Meatloaf the Artist. And, um, I also grew up on, uh, on Meatloaf time and again, um, again, not so much, you know, don't have it so much these days, but I do have very fond memories of, uh, of, of Meatloaf with a, a big, big dab of ketchup. Ooh. Oh yeah. Gotta have the ketchup on top. Yeah, and the, there, yeah, the, there, the, there's um, some yeah. there's something about going back to something you loved as a kid and having it when you haven't had it for years. This weekend, I made uh, manwich for my kids. Oh, like, sloppy okay. Joe's. <laughs> Holy shit, man! It was the best. <laughs> I loved it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah, and I my, yeah, my favorite thing about the meatloaf is the. Um, I'm a I'm very big on texture, and I love the the out the the crisp. The crisp yes. crust, mm-hmm. the yeah, the crust is the best part. Agree. Yeah, yeah. Jason, so good. Uh, meatloaf the artist, yeah, sure, it's great. Um, meatloaf the food, I never really had it growing up. I just wasn't oh. in our repertoire. Um, 
So I I would definitely, if someone made me a meatloaf and said, this is what a good meatloaf tastes like, I would totally try it. Nothing against it, but it's not something like I would order off a menu. Mm-hmm. All right. I-, I love meatloaf. The problem with some people's meatloafs are some people try to get too like crazy creative with it. Like, let me put a bunch of veggies and some weird shit in there. Nah, it should just be meat. And some, yeah. uh, you can put some stuff in there. Onions. Some onions. Put some onions. Onions, onions, onions yes. For, onions, onions for sure. Yeah. Definitely, definitely onions. onions. We, we have a good meatloaf that uses mostly beef, but also some sausage. Yes. And no. some onion. Mm, that's great. Okay. That's nice. That's some good but, stuff. Like, 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 a, like a pork sausage? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I, I just want to put bacon, like uh, bacon on my meatloaf, because sure. it tastes really great. But I don't want, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to. Start eating meatloaf and taste a crunchy vegetable in there. A like, carrot. Yeah, just don't it overdo throws it. Throws off the throws off the consistency. Yeah, yeah, just be simple. Nice crust on the outside. I also yeah. really like using barbecue sauce for the outside. But then when mm-hmm. I serve it, put some put some ketchup on there. It's cool. You gotta have mm-hmm. the ketchup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, so you'll 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 bake it with a with, with a layer of a barbecue yep. sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to yeah. get the the texture. Yeah. Yes, uh, I'm a big fan. Now now uh, yeah. when it comes to the man meatloaf. Um, I like his movie work better than his music. And two, yeah. not to get weird on this show, but I wish he'd have just gotten a fucking yeah, shot dude. and not passed yeah, away. Yeah. Like that, it's a real big bummer because it was a, it was a, it was an unfortunate hill to literally die on. Yeah, yeah. and and he yeah. even said like in his last stage when we thought he's gonna die that he wish he'd gotten a vaccine. So like, dude, I like, mean, I wish you know. he could still be with us today, and it really kind of bums me out that he's not. Yeah. Again, you know, and also not to get, you know, social, but um, the but you know there was, there have been reports of so many people, you know, in their last days having regrets. Uh, you know, you know there were, I mean, there were so many people like a- literally asking for the vaccine as they were dying. It, you know, it, it's like, well, yeah, dude. You know, and if someone's not going to listen to this because of this, fuck them. Um, yeah. I'll <laughs> be honest with you, like fucking uh, Jason. Jody and myself, we've all been. I don't know if you've had COVID. We've all had COVID though, and it was all mild. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was all Thank, mild. Thankfully, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah, I had the, I had the OG COVID. Uh, okay. And thankfully, it was also mild. I mean, yeah, I was pre-vaccine. Thank goodness. Oh, got lucky. Was, nice. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. Scary part was I, I got I, I te- I I booked Boba Fett and tested positive for COVID same week. Oh no! Um, oh no! <laughs> thankfully, it was a month out, and I had time to to recoup yeah. and get a negative test in time. I was that was that was but before that, that was the scariest two weeks of my life. Right. That, that's how uh, dedicated you were. You're just like, okay, I'm just gonna get it now, so that by the time I have to shoot, I'll be ready. I'll be immune. I'll have the uh, the yeah. antigens. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it worked. I guess. I guess it worked out, but 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 yeah, that was a, was a crazy way to get to go through it. But uh, yeah, I mean, we've all, I mean, yeah, I know I know more people these days who've had it than haven't, and yeah, yeah it's just mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know, I mean, so many people you know have had it you know post vaccine, and you know, a lot of people saying you know, thank God I have it, I thank God yeah. I have well, the vaccine. Yeah, and you know, like you know, uh, myself, Jason, and Jody all got it post vaccination. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Like I was triple vaxxed when I got it and I didn't mm-hmm. have to go to the hospital. I had a couple of bad days and after that I was my energy level sucked. But what, what I'm saying yeah. is that what I'm saying is like yeah. if if you're on the fence, just 
fucking go do it if if our opinion means anything and like let's and hopefully we can talk again about this in a year and the people that decide to get vaxxed now can still talk to us in a year about it um and that's a sad piece like it's sad seeing people like him pass away from this when they could have had so much more life and so much done so much some more things so that's all i'm saying is we want everybody to be around (laughs) yeah yeah and you know yeah i mean and 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 if it's you're and if you're not doing it for yourself, do it for do it for do it for anyone you have anyone you're around, anyone who's um, anyone who's at risk, anyone you know. If you have kids, do you, do, you know, do it for them, you know, do it for your family, you know. I mean, if you're not going to do it for yourself, think of other think of how it affects other people. You know. Okay. Well, that wraps up another episode. Galen, thank you for coming on. Where can people find you? Um, I'm on um, I'm on Instagram at um, at Galen Howard um, and um, not on Twitter as much, but you can find I post occasionally there at um, um, underscore Galen underscore Howard underscore um, and yeah um, you know and I I um, you know probably uh, be uh, posting a th- you know thing here and there um, uh, you know uh, you know other other um, other new projects as they come out um, yeah. Cool, and hopefully you can be the first uh, four Pete guest as well. <laughs> oh, I, I look, I look it's a blast, to sir. It. We appreciate it. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Um, oh, I almost, um, I almost forgot. Um, I, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, as a a little bit of uh, of of semi related trivia, I um, I just remembered. I about five years ago, I did a, I was at a commercial audition with Art Lafleur. Oh no way! That's nice. super cool. <laughs> yes, and it was uh, it was I forget what campaign it was, but it was um, a uh, it was one of there was they did a series of these where it was it was they were incorporating lyrics from like songs from the eighties into the dialogue, and so they were doing I know this much is true, and I it was like, during like an office you know an office seminar like an office meeting or something a corporate meeting <laughs> and you know he was he was auditioning for the boss and of course you know art lafour does it had never heard the song so he was just completely befuddled the entire time and was <laughs> and was it was amazing to hear to to hear him give like a theatrical reading to uh, you know I know this much is true this is the sound of my soul it was amazing <laughs> <laughs> I just I always have that I, I have that very fond memory that is so yes. awesome I love it yeah all right next week we will be reviewing the new arrival it's gonna be a very special episode because this is the episode that scared the shit out of me as a kid <laughs> freaky episode so, yeah it's yeah. really yeah this is the one that kept made me keep sleep the lights on hey, and hey, 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 hey Jason real fast how close are we coming up to one year are we already past one year no we're, it'll be the end of June okay. we'll, yeah but um, um, In, uh, what uh, for for you guys? What are what were your what were your scariest episodes? Oh uh, man, that's a really good question. Let's see. Can we can we save that for next week? Yeah, yeah. let's save that. For next yeah, week. I, I, okay. I gotta think okay. about that. That's that'll be our gambling question for next week. Cause man, that's a good question. I yeah. Um, and it'll also be our Father's Day episode, so we'll have uh, yeah. plenty to talk about. We appreciate everyone for listening. We really appreciate if you would give us a rating review on Spotify. Sorry, a rating review on iTunes and a rating on Spotify. And with that, we thank you for listening to Dads from the Crypt. Adios. <laughs> Follow Dads from the Crypt on Facebook. 
Twitter and Instagram, or I will follow you to the grave. <laughs> no, seriously, you really should watch. But be careful what you ask for. You may get it. <laughs> Ha 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 